Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Mish. Welcome to your favorite podcast, Millennial Love. Episode 16 of Millennial Love, where we discuss sex, love, and how we are selfish as fuck. Oh, we brought that back? Uh, oh, yeah, because you did. I don't like that. <laughs> we got to do something. I did else. not say that. Yes, you did. The people didn't hear that. <laughs> oh, so if it ain't recorded, it ain't happening, huh? Car, I like to bring up stuff when the people don't be hearing, bro. I like to put my business out there now this way. Shut up. How y'all been, though? Okay, after we have come out of the drunken place. That Jesus. was, I, you know, I didn't even listen to that shit. I had to cut it off. I thought it was really good, y'all. Everyone thought it was good. People related to it. I mean, hey, we grown. We over the age. We drink. It is what it is. But I'm with you, Justin. I didn't want to <laughs> When your brain cannot formulate a sentence, <laughs> you're done. You were like, I don't have an answer for that because I'm too drunk. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right. Moving on. Moving on. I feel like we haven't recorded in, in a, while, a while. It has been a while. So yeah, much has been happened. Because we traveled. What You went to Atlanta. Carl went to New York. Yeah, and I was in Pittsburgh. So yeah, we have all been out of Dallas. Pittsburgh Good. is dead. Is it? Really? You look like you were having a blast though at that um whatever that festival. Wine you know when you get around coworkers, you have to fake have fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is true. And they like what I've known. Corporate people love to drink. They love. So it. we we would have really worked a full day. And then we'll have like maybe an hour to like just freshen up for like in the hotel and then be back downstairs to go have drinks and happy hour. Right. And they want you to drink. I'm like, I cannot drink every day. And not only that, like you don't want to be drunk around. For me, I don't ever want to be drunk around my coworkers or my superiors. Exactly. But no, they force you to drink. And so I'm like, okay, well, you want to see me here? You want to go there? Let's Let's fucking go there. You know? (laughs) Let's do it. So Cara, how's your weeks been my weeks have been good overall i spent my sister was here and right before she had her surgery so i went up to boston to um be there for that so that's been good i've been able to spend some family time and work has been work and um yeah that's about it i mean oh i got something to look forward to my friends are coming in town for i was about to say cinco de mayo but that has clearly passed (laughs) (laughs) for memorial day so that's gonna be really fun we're just gonna do a whole bunch of uh ratchet things fun ratchet things with my friends ratchet shit in dallas what about you michelle amish Everything has been good. I mean, like you said, I went to Atlanta, had a bomb time there, met some. She went good to the people. old lady gang. Correct. Shout out to Todd. And Hi, Candy. Todd and Candy. What's Todd's last name? Do y'all know? Tucker. Tucker. Todd yeah. Tucker. Tucker. And shout out to Sunshine, my bartender at Old Lady Gang. Y'all need to go see that her. That drink looks so fucking good. Baby, Did you say it was dumb strong? It was strong. <laughs> really? What's the name of it? Oh, so I, Sunshine I had a tweet henny, us. Let us know. I had a henny um margarita. 
A henny margarita? You yes. never had that that bomb? No. No, I had never heard of that before. Dude, it's, really? It's like Patron yes. and margarita? I don't know mm. what was that. I mean no. like tequila and margarita. No. No. It's just a henny margarita. Yes. And then I had one of their signature drinks. I can't remember which one it was, but it was bomb. Dang. And she like, I told her, I was like, girl, I got to get on the plane. Like, I'm going to be paranoid. Like, Thank God it's a short flight. Yeah, it was real short. But I had a really good time there. And then like this past weekend was Cinco de Mayo. So then I was drinking for that, obviously. Um, mojitos and stuff. Because you got to, I mean, it's Texas. so you Yeah, gotta, you right. have to get. Eat Tex Mex and yeah, drink. And drink. Yeah. I didn't eat Tex Mex on Cinco de Mayo. What were you doing? Girl. Oh, I went to that concert. Oh, you were at the concert. That's Dang. Right. But they had tacos out there, but the food lines were dumb yeah. long. So it was like, did nobody want to. Dang. Yeah. I didn't have no Tex Mex on Cinco. That, well, you live in Texas. So the good thing is that you can run to Fuel City anytime. Every day. Yeah. Anytime. <laughs> So, Shell, hopefully you can reach out to Todd to see if we can have this Neutral Sundays brunch in Atlanta. Absolutely. That would be dope. Old Lady Game. Because Old Lady Game is popping. Like, yes. I follow them on Instagram and, like, social media, and every day they have a line. So, I yes. definitely want to check it out. How was the food? The food was good? The food was good. Yeah. And that doggone cornbread with that honey, honey. Cornbread Listen. and honey? Child, cornbread and honey. Tell me that. That's some Georgia shit. Carl must it's know about good. that. good. I ain't never had that before. I had never so. had that before either. I was like, dang, this is good. I'm going to have to eat my cornbread like this all the time. But I yeah, so, so make sure y'all hit up Old Lady Gang and um, enjoy the whole atmosphere. The atmosphere is dope. Yeah, it was nice. Nice. So... So, yeah, so <laughs> sorry, I had one shot of tequila, y'all, so just bear with my Get hands. Get your life acting no, no. like you don't know how to hold your liquor. <laughs> no, so everyone knows about this famous game. It's called Black Card Revoked. I think we all have indulged in a fun game of Black Card Revoked. So, right. I just want to play with a white person. She played with a white yeah, person. Yeah, she did talk about that. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it. That was awkward as fuck. She was probably on acid or meth. She wasn't. Oh, no, she was not. She was so nice. I don't remember her name. She was really quiet. She was that nice, though. She was really nice. Coachella is a blur, okay? (laughs) But she was really nice. She just, like, I just, I really did not believe black culture for real existed until Coachella. Until I had, I played that game with that white girl and, and i was like your life. i was like wow like this literally like some of these questions <laughs> like i've just was like oh it's a no-brainer like of course <laughs> right. and she's really like i don't know i don't know anyway. <laughs> and i seriously i was like that's like black culture is real right. like it's a thing so i'm i'm glad that this this card game exists well if you haven't already purchased the game go to www.cardsforallpeople.com and copy you a pack of this Black Card Revoke. It's definitely a fun game for holidays when you're linking up with your friends or just whatever. So we're going to yes. just flip through the cards real quick. Oh, and they have hella, like, versions of it, too, Yeah, right? they have um, Gay Card Revoke. Apparently, that's coming out. Uh, girls Night Out Card Revoke, I'm assuming. Mm. So I'm pretty sure it's about a bunch of girls type shit. <laughs> um, Our First Family so apparently they have a bunch of games coming out. I'm not sure if they're out right now, but they have a bunch of games coming out. But I have a pack, Shell have a pack, Car have a pack. We just it's it's literally funny. Right. Yeah, we After like that third cup of henny or whatever you drink, 
I drank Crown, but you know, Crown. whatever you hoes drink, not not y'all hoes, like, <laughs> but these hoes you. out there. <laughs> <laughs> whatever y'all drink is absolutely fun. All right, so we're gonna start out with the first question. All right, which historically black sorority was founded first? Duh, the first and the finest. Don't laugh at me because I know why you like <laughs> Y'all, Look, I'm setting her up because I want her to be. Michelle been looking at me this whole time. <laughs> I'm waiting <laughs> for you to do it. Because let me just give y'all a disclaimer. I am an AKA Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Okay. <laughs> but I cannot ski weed. And Michelle, <laughs> and Michelle thinks it's so funny because my ski weed is real deep and low. <laughs> she so won't do you it. Have to do it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> ski. <laughs> like it's a damn baseball game or a wrestling match. I Come cannot on, ski. We. I am real though. Don't try me. <laughs> don't try me. Okay. I am face, real, but I do not. I cannot ski. We. My voice too deep. <laughs> I can't do it. So you're right. The first organization, historically sorority, was found. Black sorority was founded. First was Alpha Kappa Alpha. January 15th, 1908. Next question. <laughs> what kind of fish is best to fry for a fish sandwich? Cod. That girl said cod. She must have just had a fish sandwich from Wendy's. <laughs> Who Wendy's eats cod? Cod is dumb good. White folks eat cod. Nah, Black folks. Catfish. Catfish is good. Yeah, catfish sandwich. With no bones. With no bones in it. No it has hella bones, though. Catfish? Girl? It does. It does. You have to, yeah, you have to get the fillets. But you got to get the fillet, yeah. Yeah, I fucks with the fillets and the nuggets. <laughs> catfish <laughs> the nuggets. nuggets. All right, if they're climbing through your windows, you should hide your wood. <laughs> Yo your kids wife and, your, and kids. your kids. Hide your kids, hide your wife, because they <laughs> everybody helping <laughs> Wait, what is he doing now? <laughs> no clue. Looking a freaking Probably working at a retail phone. store. He, no, a call center. Let me know, stop. He can really be, you know, no somebody's wrong. lawyer. Ain't no wrong. <laughs> ain't no wrong. <laughs> All right. Which rapper, which rapper would you bring back? Biggie, Tupac, Heavy D, or Pimp C? Pac. Ooh, Pimp C has some classics, though. Name one. He was on International Players Anthem. How'd that go? Is that his song? Yeah, I something, something that a girl I used to see. Some, some, some that a cutie want to be. I apologize if this message gets you down when I CC every girl that I CC around town. Hey, Hate just for that. That ain't him, but he's on that. That's three a bitch yeah. of choosing, love or never, huh. without yeah, a rubber. Never uh, in the streets, oh, like it on top of the cover, uh, hey. money on the dresser. Well, let me just tell y'all a short ass, story. Okay, hey. <laughs> There's a song called Pop It For Pimp, right? Have y'all heard that? No. Pop It For Pimp. Yes. Pop, pop Pimp. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I needed to know why I needed to pop it for pill. I, <laughs> I just really didn't understand. And so my, my actual Texas card was taken from me years ago. Really? Because, yeah. I questioned, I didn't know who Pimp C was. So. <laughs> Wait, I'm not even from Texas. <laughs> I didn't. I'm sorry. I'm from Dallas. I'm not from All Dallas. right. Next question. <laughs> okay. So. No, who's yours? Uh, I mean, I really don't care. <laughs> Oh, my God. So God. I would probably sip a drink when this question would be asked. <laughs> All right. So next question. Why shouldn't a woman put her purse on the floor? Because she, she going to never have no money. Exactly. Exactly. 
You'll stay choices? broke. You'll stay broke. Okay. It'll it'll get stolen. It'll get dirty. A roach might crawl in it. What? Why is that even an option? Or you'll stay broke. I think um, other probably would have chose dirty or it would have been stolen. Right. But the answer is, you know, you're going to be broke. Listen, I cannot put a pinky in my mama purse without her slapping me across my neck. That's real. You don't go in your like, mama purse. I, you, Why is that a thing? I don't know. You just, I But you not, just never did. I could you not, go, not in go in my mama purse. Unless you specifically said, go in my purse and, and get and get this and you better only look in that one pocket. And she told you exactly where it exactly. was. Exactly. On the pocket on the side, Ex- unzip it and it's going to be to the right. Yeah. And she knew exactly where it was. You swear to God my mama was carrying some hundreds or some dope. <laughs> Something was in go, this purse. Nigga, go. I could not go in this damn purse. You know what was in there? Them old crusty peppermints at the bottom of the <laughs> damn purse. And them little strawberry candies. You know what I'm talking about? What are those called? I don't know. I don't know, but they're so good. <laughs> they don't have a name. <laughs> you can buy them in the pack with no name. Right. But I hate it when they started making the liquid on the inside. I like I, the liquid on the inside. I don't inside. like the liquid on the inside. I like it when it was um, Just it's a, a hollow through or whatever it's called. Yeah. How you pronounce it? Yeah. I like Welcome. All right, so next question. If mama sent you to the store $5, dollars mm-hmm. what were you supposed to bring back? A cold pop, a lottery ticket, some cigarettes, or her change? Her, her change. <laughs> bring my change back. <laughs> Go in that store and get this uh, seven up and bring my change. Why they always Nigga, say that? Change could have been 16 cents. You right. better have given her she a dime, you, a nickel, How much it cost and, and what was what was the change? Where my change at? <laughs> where the receipt at? Oh my, yeah, where the receipt Come at? Come on, mom. I'm your child, bro. <laughs> Chill out. All right. Which food do you ask a certain family member to make because nobody else can make it right? Mac and cheese, potato salad, deviled eggs, or dressing? We already talked about this. Potato, potato salad. salad. Potato salad. But I'm going to also err on the side of caution for that macaroni, too. For sure. Yeah. Listen, if your for macaroni sure. dry, kill yourself. Bro, I done <laughs> had some dry macaroni, and it was dead. Disgusting. Why? I just don't get just it. Just don't bring it. All right. Just don't bring it. So when are black folks most likely to change their <laughs> voice? It's a really good question. I love this one. Because apparently the last game, like, it was a topic of a conversation, like, for real. When a bill collector calls at work in front of white folks or at church? Bill That's collector. a good question. Bill collector. It's definitely at work. I think it's bill collector. I think and that's at what it work was. And in front of white people are the same thing to me. Huh? At yeah. work and in front of white people are okay. the same thing. They're okay. one of the same. So you might as well say when a bill collector call. Nah, I don't care nah, when the bill collector call. I'm not going to answer the phone. Exactly. <laughs> or you're going to get cursed but out. But you know your grandma used to answer the phone because back then we didn't have caller ID. So she used to always answer the phone. Hello. <laughs> My said- grandma used to do that. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> This is Miss Davis. This is Donna. I'm like, what? <laughs> Who are you? And I would always know okay, it was Bill Collector. I can give it to them because my mom used to be like, August like the month. Oh, yeah. See? <laughs> Her voice would elevate or raise August like the month. <laughs> like All the of a month. sudden, she have character. For a Bill Collector. Yeah. Well, okay. I get it. I get it. Specific Bill Collector, no. No lie. If y'all on the phone, interview yes. for, I mean, if y'all um, put in an application for a job, right? And the job called y'all back. What's the first thing you gonna do? You change your voice. You change your voice. You, I don't. 
Change my well, voice. Yes, you do, Cara. You have 31 You change your voice on here. <laughs> Wait. Speaking I of ch- that. I changed my voice on the podcast? Yeah. Whenever you like reading or like whenever you go over statistics and stats, you definitely change your voice like this. That's so shocking. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so See, shocking. I did it on purpose. Right. I did it on purpose. All right. Purpose. Next question. What does it mean if she dreamt of a fish last night? Somebody, somebody pregnant. pregnant. Somebody get pregnant. Yep. Sharkeisha is pregnant, mama. Because <laughs> I had a dream about Sharkeisha. Somebody pregnant. Fish. Which one of y'all are here having six? <laughs> Which one of you hoes having six? <laughs> six. Mama, what? Okay. Uh, what's the best music movie of all time? Oh, this is going to be... Tough. The Five Heartbeats, The Wiz, The Temptations, Duh. and Purple Rain. The, the temptation. You see, mine was the five heartbeats. Five heartbeats is not stand that movie. Either. I cannot stand that movie. Listen, I know temptation. I know all the words from front to back. To back. What? Whenever they okay, so five heartbeats. You remember when the cops pulled them over and they had to sing for the cops? That was an iconic. Epi- not episode. Scene. When he was crying, running when they was on away. stage. Remember when Paul? Remember I when Paul? You remember when Paul was What's like they had I to pull Paul out because Paul was sick. Yeah. And remember, remember Eddie was crying on the Every side. Every night on, on my, my knees, knees I pray. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well y'all won because I've never seen Temptations. Ooh, my favorite part. You've Wait, never seen Temptations. Never, never have I ever seen Temptations. Justin, Wait honestly, a honestly, I don't like. Honestly, I don't think you're black. <laughs> what? Like, I'm I mean, just be honest. well, no, seriously. I just got my ancestry uh, DNA test back. Oh, did you really? Yeah, I did do it. You inspired me to do it, okay. and I'm glad I did. And what were the results? What are your results? All right, so let me open up the phone, right? So obviously, when you receive it, they break the percentages down, right? Yeah. I've seen some people have like a high percentage where the origin is unknown. Right? A high percentage of unknown? Yeah, I've seen that I've on Instagram. I've never seen that. But mine is pretty... So basically, my origin is from Ghana and Ivory Coast. Okay. Right? Mm. So pretty much most of that is there, but I am twenty five percent European. Oh, you right up there with me. That's crazy. Twenty five percent. I'm thirty one. So really, you I'm only six <laughs> percent right. away. Cuss. You are on the cusp. <laughs> but I didn't think it would have been like twenty five percent. That's a significant number. That is. A That's significant a fourth number. of you. A fourth of you is Caucasian. The fuck? <laughs> me? I'm just saying. I was just excited to see that I was from Ghana and Ivory Coast, like my ancestors. So I'm yeah, about to start nice. like doing some research and just seeing like little that traditions culture. and yeah. shit, you know. It's really seeing cool. if I can find my kinfolk back then in Ghana. <laughs> so I have my little Ghanaian flag up on Instagram. I'm so Oh, that's really um, sweet. Right. So it's just cool. I don't know. So do you feel like you want to travel there now? I do. Mm-hmm. I really do. That's I'm good. just curious. Y'all make me want to do it. You Just gotta so I can do find it. out the specific places. You gotta it's do dope. it. It's dope, and it breaks it down. And like when it comes in, it'll connect you with like thousands of people who have like pretty much the, your same like DNA. You know, that's your family. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that's cool. I've had people messaging me now, like, "Do you know so and such and such such and such?" I'm like, "Wait, I'm not sure if I'm ready to open this up." You it's know? a lot. It is. It's a lot. Like, I mean, mm. you you literally, and, like, for me, it was an emotional experience because, like, I just, you just don't, 
you only know the people right. that you grew that up you with. Yeah. So like, yeah, or people. that you know. Yeah. And so when you branch out like that, it's it's it is scary, but it's really liberating. Yeah. You should totally do it. And when you find your your Caucasian ancestors, talk to them. <laughs> Seriously. Hopefully, I can get some what reciprocity. <laughs> Coins. <laughs> no. No, I'm just playing. But no, I think it's I think they it's great. Me. I was shocked at that 25% because I'm pretty chocolate. I'm pretty milk chocolate, you feel me? I'm milk chocolate. And I just had no clue. That really is a lot. That is a lot. That's a lot. Great Britain and those. Ireland. Great Britain and Ireland. What were yours? Mine were Great Britain and Scandinavian. Hmm, you scandalous. <laughs> scandalous. <laughs> and what the were your Afri- African um Nigerian and Ghanaian? Mm-hmm. We could be kin, Cara. We could be kin. We like, might be connected. Oh, I'm trying to find mine. Come on, Shell, you next. I'm gonna do it. I got five dollars on it. Just five. I, I got, got five, five on it. See, that was a black card. that is i mean that's what we do though and it could be like what do you have on it and literally that we'll be like like five on it like i got five like that's it so you know the song 25 lighters on my dresser i could not understand what he was talking about till this day i got 25 lighters on on my dresser yes sir what's he talking about no clue we need a drug dealer to call in. I'm not call in, but write us, <laughs> tweet us, and please explain. Or somebody it. that listens to rap like that. Lighters they on my dresser. Yes, sir. Maybe what he's saying is every time he said this is completely reaching. Every time he sells a bag, he gives a lighter too. So that's like included in like niggas, the, pack, the package. Like deal. Listen, niggas was not Bruh. thinking about customer service like that. No. <laughs> right. I really literally myself envision 25 lighters, lighters on me the too. well that's what i was not saying on like on a on um not a nightstand but one of those the, tall, of, the tall ones yeah. me too let me tell you why <laughs> because i know people that smoke and like they all lose their lighters so they have a million so they have a million of them so i just I thought about see. it like okay the, he like probably lost some of them and then he found them he put them on a dresser so it's like 25 of them the fact that like this song has been analyzed like that like (laughs) but no real talk stuff like this is like people will be like are y'all really black yeah because we don't know we don't get it or we don't understand or whatever so it's like our blackness is questioned Mm -hmm. but that happens a lot so i just want to know lightly what are like some Fashion trends or like movie music trends that other people would consider like essential to being black. That you don't do? That either y'all don't or you do. Okay. Like, I'll go first. Okay. I don't wear Jordans and I don't buy people Jordans. You're tripping. I will not ever <laughs> buy a pair Jordans of Jordans. Like, you are I love Jordans. They're the holy grail of tennis shoes. I don't, I have. For I, black people. Yeah. Meanwhile, everybody else is wearing New Balance because they're comfortable on your feet. <laughs> and they them. cheat. No, I'm just they are. <laughs> Jays are hella expensive. I'll though. say this much. If I had a Connect, I would have Jays. I just think I just it looks really it. good. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know why. I've never seen a pair of Jordans and just been like, dang, that was a fire. Um, 
you know, I don't know. I don't get it. But it's such a big part of, like, black culture. And I wonder how, like, that happened. How Jordan permeated, like, black culture like that. Because he, I mean, I think it's, it has, it goes into the sports question, the sports conversation. Right. And how black people, black men especially, are pushed toward sports. Correct. And so that, and they idolize sports people. But I don't know why his. Well, like, I mean. His shoes are, like. People have gotten murdered. Yeah, literally. Yeah, now that's and, st- and you know, like stampeded across. What is the word I'm looking for? No, that's the right word. Stampede. Stampede. Yeah, but there's another word too that I'm looking Stomped. for. Stomped. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, a mob of people trample over them because of these doggone shoes. Like I remember one Christmas, some somebody granny was standing in line in Dallas to get their grandchild the shoes. And people trampled over her and she died. And so I'm just like, I can't get with that. Like, I cannot get with a pair of shoes that does that to people. Like, why does it do it to us? Because, yeah, there are a handful of other people, other races that wear Jordans like that. But it's majority us. It's majority black people. I will say this. Mm -hmm. Every time I've gone to New York, no lie. Every, I would say 98% of the black people I see from old people down to babies have had on Jordans. And I don't get it. Every, and I would be like, there's another one. There's another one. I think some people are just a sneaker head. Like you have some people who just love sneakers. But then you also have some people who only wear J's too. So right. I just spent all my money, so I guess that's like white people just well, spend it all they check. No, I'm just playing. Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of the way I look at it. It's like when I when I look at Jordans, the reason why I am not interested in them is because I see a community of people that buy shoes that they can't afford. True. Like you can go in the middle of any hood, and it's gonna be a lot of people with Jordans, but lights are turned off, yeah. or you know, they staying in places that are not very up to date on colds but everybody in the house got the same pair of jordans True. why why no 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 i i don't know i don't know why it's like that but i have no clue i guess it's like that with weave too sew-ins and shit okay so that's another trend sew-ins right everybody I- got that that little mermaid style like the hair is long <laughs> and they got like a little curl or a little whatever it's called a little a little part and then a bump and then it's just a bunch of curls a bunch of curls Correct. How and much, I, I mean, how much all that weave. stuff? <laughs> what? I too have worn weave. I was actually about to ask you if you have a weave in, but that is actually your hair. This all me right Look, now. Shot. She's blessed. <laughs> but how much does that cost? Like a weave, like I on mean, average, a good weave. Bundles now, because see, the, the, here's the other thing about weave, right? Is that it has grown into such a large thing in, now. Enterprise. Yeah, like. Yeah. I used to be able to wear Milky Way, right? And I feel like Milky <laughs> Way because Milky Way is dead now. It's dead now. For it's real? only used for quick weaves. Really? Correct. Only. So like, if I was to put Milky Way in my hair right now, people would try to clown me because I got on Milky Way. <laughs> Wait, but what? that shit, black people do. Like, bruh, y'all What's got different? bundles that okay. cost two and three hundred dollars. This is my problem with the bundle craze. Okay. The bundle be silky and smooth. And then your leave out. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with curly, nappy, kinky hair. I love it. 
But if your leave out is kinky and your weave is silky and you don't blend that mess. How do you blend it? You have to flat iron it. Oh. But then when it poof up, because it's going to be humid outside. Correct. That's why I was wearing Milky Way, because Milky Way <laughs> matched my hair, okay? Oh, okay. You see what I'm saying? So now and you some... had these hoes have some nappy-ass nap, original naps, which is not a, I'm not saying There's it in a bad way. There's nothing wrong with that, yeah. But it's just, it's, it's some curls, some tighter coil cur- coiled Four curls. Four C hair. With some Indian, with some Indian hair. And they know there's a difference, but they don't care because they got bundles. Correct. And they it's pay, a problem. They it's a problem in black America. $300 for these bundles. It's a problem in black America. <laughs> so, I, I, culturally. We, we can act like it's not a problem because people do it and it's so popular. But that that's my purpose of talking about this is that. Things become popular in the black community and in the black culture. And when I say culture, I put air quotes on that. And then you want to clown other people because they don't do those things. Okay. I see what you're saying. Okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. Because, like, right now I feel crazy because I haven't had weave in a long time. Like, I feel like, man, I need to get some weave. Like, it's like a thing. I'm like, I'm craving weave because I haven't had it. And you're going to have to come up off some money. Correct. To get that. Correct. Because not only do you have to pay, here's the other thing. It used to just be called a sew-in, right? Now it's called an, an install. Install. <laughs> oh, an install. Bruh, come on. Get this Milky Way and start messing your head. Like, <laughs> quit tripping. Glue it in. <laughs> Glue it in. Quit tripping. But we do that. So what are some other trends that y'all, or movies, or music, or whatever? Well, a lot of people don't, a lot of black folks don't like pimento cheese, and I actually love pimento cheese on my sandwiches. Pimento cheese it is disgusting. <laughs> no, it's not. It tastes, it tastes Have like you had pimento not. cheese before a show? Absolutely not. I eat cheddar. <laughs> Only. And craft. Bruh, bruh, pimento cheese on some Ritz crackers is bomb. Oh. It's amazing. No. <laughs> That's, I'm not gonna eat that. That's Do y'all terrible. eat coleslaw? I like coleslaw. Coleslaw is disgusting. I eat coleslaw, bro. Coleslaw, but with I don't a two like piece? fried chicken like that. If look, if you quote unquote trying to eat healthy, coleslaw with a two piece. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just gonna eat this coleslaw instead. But well, I, I don't, I don't like watermelon. What? I hate car watermelon is really even good. with salt like you if you put I salt on it I don't I don't is like is it the texture or the like I don't the taste? like any type of melon Do you like texture. artificial watermelon flavors though? I prefer not. No. Dang, I don't like anything watermelon. watermelon. Is the best. That's not one. even a watermelon now latest. Not even a watermelon. Bro. Watermelon melon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't like anything watermelon related. I don't like cantaloupe. I don't like honeydew. That's honey my dude. favorite fruit. Cantaloupe? Cantaloupe. It makes me want to... Listen, I'll stand by watermelon. No lie. I mean, I love watermelon. I absolutely love it. That's the one stereotype I'll just ride for. I don't care. I mean, I eat it too, but it's not like I over-obsess about it. But I mean, I eat watermelon and I put salt on it because I like it. But <laughs> I don't like trap music. I excuse me. I don't like trap music. Love trap music. I don't have any trap music on my phone. I don't download trap music. Now, do I hear it on the radio and do I jam to some of it? Yeah, but do I want to listen to it on my own? No. You didn't like trap music when you lived in Atlanta. Here's the thing. I used to like like old Ti. Uh huh. Like trap music. His his album called Trap Trap Music. Yeah. Yeah. I used to like that. 
in like Lil John and Eastside Boys, but I was also in high school and trying to find myself. But at this time, no, I don't I don't cut for future. I don't know any future songs. You Percocet, should get into it. That's the future, right? Molly I was about Percocet. to say, you know yeah. Molly Percocet. You know Molly yeah. Percocet. It's cool. Um, like, you just awake, just open yourself up. It's just not for me. <laughs> but see, I let me violent. tell y'all this. I appreciate about... the, the repetitive of the repetitiveness of words, if that's a word. <laughs> no, that, I, I don't even I like how it just repeats itself. Percocet. Molly Percocet. Hey. On a trap beat with some henny. And the club Magic. is no, right, so that's the right setting. Okay, but, but just there are you're not gonna like, be riding your BMW listening to trap music. No, I'm let not. me let me tell y'all this. I was at that concert on Cinco de Mayo, and Gucci was there, and so was Migos, Love Gucci. and so was Love Migos. Um, what's his name? Twenty, not Twenty One Savage. What's oh, the other guy that's young with the red dreads? That is uh, 21 seconds. No, no, no. That's uh, Yachty. Yachty Uzi no, Vert. No, no, no. Uzi. Oh. Lil Uzi, Uzi Vert. Yeah, Lil Uzi Vert. And Chance. So Gucci, first of all. And when, I don't even see like his music fits in with them. When Lil Uzi, Uzi it Vert, didn't. it didn't. When yeah. Uzi Vert came out, those high school aged, like between 12 and 17 year old white kids. Went in. Hailed every single word. What? Everywhere and was turned on all of Gucci, Lil Uzi Vert. Like they knew literally, like I, some of the songs I had not literally even heard in my life. I felt so old, but those kids <laughs> know it. And that like, I think that shows that like when it comes to music and entertainment, like I think the stereotypes are, are and maybe I'm incorrect, but they're kind of like going away. I agree to a certain extent. <clears throat> I feel like music is universal. Yeah. So anybody can connect to any type of music. Yeah. However, I feel like the stereotypes of the music is still pointed at our community when it comes to the negativity. For sure. Yeah. Like your girl, Molly Cyrus, is all of a sudden on a new kick and she doesn't want to listen to music, whatever she said in her little rant or her little interview or whatever that she no longer wants to listen to music that's saying, like, bitch, suck my dick, whatever. Are you? Yeah, oh, when gosh. she was just she was on trash. stage doing all types doing of stuff. Doing all kind of yeah. nasty right. crap. But now she wants to change her image, and her in image is so much softer, so it now fits to her people. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, okay, so now that music is negative, but a few years ago, last year, you was on stage with, all types of stuff. Twerking, right, with your unquote. boobs out and right. all kind of stuff. Well, so I just feel like when it comes to rap music, it is negative when it comes to our community. And maybe I need to reframe what I was saying because I agree with you. And I think that to some extent it is like some cultural appropriation going on. Like Most definitely. They want... They want the glamorous side of the black music, but they don't want the reality of what that black music means to black people. So, like, mm -hmm. they, it's glamorous to go to a concert when, you ain't, when you're supposed to be in school and, like, say all the lyrics to Gucci Man. But, like, when it really comes down to, like, being black and, like, having to take on all of the stress of being a black man in America in 2017, they don't want anything to do of with that. That's not. too much. Right. Of so, no, not. I agree with you. Um, and it's, it's, it's listening to that type of music is their access to our culture. Yeah. So that's and where they get away. And I just don't see that that's my culture. 
Like for me as it's a, a black part person, of our culture. Not I mean trap music is. It, it is. is. It is. Who my could Miley Cyrus have created who else that is a non black <laughs> Because I don't even want to say, because it don't even have to be just white people, Asian, Hispanic. Who else is non-black that could come up with trap music? I don't know that. But what I'm saying is that, like, when I think of trap music, I think of bitch, hoe, sleeping with a whole bunch of people, all about drugs, uh, I do whatever I want, money, right? Cars. That's what I think about. That's not my culture. And that is why I, that's not why I don't listen to trap music. That's not why I don't download trap music. It's just not my type of music. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. I just don't vibe to it Mm -hmm. like that when I'm chilling by myself in a room, whatever. But that's not my culture. And like, I've had this conversation with other people of my race and they'll tell me like, man, that is our culture. And it's like, but it doesn't have to be, I guess, is my argument, is that our culture doesn't have to be about drugs and only money and only whatever, whatever, whatever. Like, we can, there are softer sides of us. So why does our culture have to be associated with that? But that's well, only that's a what part or, I feel like it. R&B now is them singing about drugs, sex, and money and partying. And R&B would be considered the softer side of our culture. Well, but I think that that's only a facet of it, though. Like, I mean, we have the Kendrick Lamars and the J. Coles of the world that bring the the woke side of hip hop. But that's still a part of the black culture like that. Like trap music is one facet of rap of hip hop. Hip hop. Yeah. And so it's like. That too, like first of all, hip hop is black people. We we created hip hop. Right. It, it it came from jazz and bebop and blues. I mean, it all kind of, which are also created by black people. So it's but it's there are just multiple sides to it. So that's just one side, and it may not be your personal culture, yeah. but somebody black is living that. Multiple, a lot of people black are living that right. day in and day out. Mm-hmm. So like I think as and I don't even want to call us privileged because I don't think we're privileged. But as like professional young millennials, like we, I know I, I can speak for myself. I separate myself from those people in quotes. Like I'm not that type of black person. I'm this type of, like I'm like more refined, but I can listen to trap music kind of to like dip my feet in that. But that's not really who I am. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if, in my, I know that for me, like, that's not, I shouldn't do that because that's not fair. I don't want people to feel like, and I'm not saying this about you. I'm really yeah. talking about me. I, I don't want, like, other black people to feel like, well, you can't relate to me or you feel like you're better than me because you don't live that life. It's just one part of the black experience. Or that so, I'm not black enough because yeah. I don't live that life. I look at it like this. I think that pretty much all of the rap, even when you go down to Biggie, Tupac, it was sex, drugs, money, bees, with a little bit of wokeness, and then all of a sudden, you know, they, and then they were started preaching. I just feel like it's different times. Like now, trap music is a popular form of hip hop. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily feel like it's gonna last, but at the same time, I just feel like it's a new fad. Just like, um, 
you know, Southern music was really popular at one point. You know, just that whole Southern slow, yeah, chopped and screw. It didn't last forever, but it, it was it had a, it had a little moment, and that's what it was. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's just how I look at it when I listen to rap because you're right. That's not a part of my culture. It's not a part. It's not a. It's not a part of my current culture, um, and the way I live my life. But at the same time, like I know people who live that trap life. You feel me? Yeah. So. It's just like yeah. it's, it's just another breed of what hip hop is, because when you really look at it, all the motherfuckers talked about bitches, drugs, money, trapping. Yeah, you know. Right. So it's just it's probably more annoying because <laughs> that type of music. I feel like if anything can be on the on more annoying side for a person who love like the J Cole fans or the. The um, what's this? What's the other guy name? The Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar fans. What's the other guy name? I'm, so, I'm, I know. You know, I'm learning. Know, I'm I learning. Know. I'm getting into Kendrick. I, I like three songs. Well, here's here's my thing. I guess because I'm older, obviously. Um, and I want my culture to progress. Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, yeah, when I was in high school, I was listening to T.I., Lil John, whoever else. I don't know the name of all them people. Young Jack. <laughs> you know, <laughs> all of, the whole Atlanta clan back then, I was listening to that. So I could probably be seen as like those kids you were talking about, like mm-hmm. 12 to whatever age mm-hmm. that knew all the words of these songs and knew nothing about that type of life, mm-hmm. right? And what I'm saying is that I would like to see my people progress. And so some of the things that we do, some of the fashion trends or like the music trends or whatever that we associate with our culture. And I just want us to progress. And But I don't see how there can be a progression if we take pride in Jordans or we take pride in... I don't. I can't think of any other fashion trends right now. But we take pride in Bundles. Gucci belt, yeah. with uh, a Hanes T-shirt. You know what I'm saying? Like, let me put the Gucci belt out. Like, if we take pride in those things, how can we really take pride in ourselves as a people? Because it seems like we put a lot of emphasis on things versus substantial situations or you know what yeah. I'm saying? And yeah. so that's that's why it bothers me that trap music is associated with my culture. Because mm. it it heightens those things. But I think I, I agree with you to some extent, but to kind of counter your point, I think that black millennials now, in in my experience, have now come to value experiences yes. and memories over stuff but that's so i think that's what i'm saying we do that now because we're adults now mm -hmm. but the culture us as a people i want to see my people progress not just millennials progress and not just because i'm an adult now i'm progressing i want to see my people progress so i want to see those little kids that are 13 14 understand that those things don't really have to be your life like Mm. you can put these things in their mind so much that it continues to progress in their lives, you know, like it, it mm. continues to be their lifestyle because it's being fed to them so much. So those other millennials that are not woke, because we can be honest, like there are millennials right now that are 29, 31, 32, 34 that have 10-year-olds, 7-year-olds, 8-year-olds, mm-hmm. and you're feeding that to them. And so it just, to me, perpetuates 
that type of thinking and that type of lifestyle. So I guess if it's a part of our culture, I'll have to accept that. But I would like it not to be. Okay. I yeah I I don't have a, I honestly don't have a problem with people being showy or like spending their money how they want because I don't spending their money on things that on things versus experiences but I would I mean I would like for black people that kind of goes into like building wealth and making sure that like you leave something for your family's family family like that but I would appreciate if black people learned how to do that. But if you can do both and buy your Gucci belt and show it and save you some money, then by all means. But I, I don't have a do yeah, I don't have <laughs> I don't have a problem with it because I I mean I ain't gonna lie, I do it too. I mean I freaking <laughs> buy J's and other right. random. So I get I mean I get your point. I just don't know if um, I necessarily agree that like it shouldn't be a part of the culture because I think. I mean, going back to just like we came from Africa and African people and I guess somebody African can correct me if I'm wrong, but like African people culturally are showy. Their their um, attire is very colorful. It's very ornate. They wear a, a lot of jewelry and accessories. And I think it may be... Um, I think on one of, I think it's on Jay-Z's song. Um, F with me, you know, I got yeah, it. Yeah, 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 where he was like, we come from kings mm -hmm. and queens. And so that's why we want to wear our chains and all of that. And so. But kings and queens have money. So it, it's like, I think sometimes mm -hmm. we can take words from, you know, different songs and or movies, whatever, and, like, just take that part. Because somebody else has said that to me in this same type of conversation. Mm. Oh, well, you know, you know, he said that we come from kings and queens, and that's why we wear our chains, and that's why we do that. Yeah, but you also have to understand what kings and queens are, and they treated themselves as such. Mm. So if we're going to take that part of the song, then we also need to take the overall part of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get it. I totally get it. And a lot of people probably won't agree with me. Like, I mean, a lot of people find that it's completely, you know, fine to do all those things. And I don't think that it's a problem with it. I just think that I don't want it to be the highlight. Yeah. It's all for me. Yeah. I, and I, I think I agree with you uh, um, to a certain extent as well. I definitely feel that there is some influence there. Um, but how I... Um, I guess how I, how I get the pic, the big picture is what I used to listen to back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Like right. mm -hmm. there was some influence there. I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't give into all of that, but you know, I still feel that parents still need to parent their child. You know what I'm saying? And I yeah. think that there will be highs and lows in the music industry. Like hip is just another breed of hip hop that we may not understand because we are older millennials, but I kind of understand it because I love trap music. <laughs> but um, I just you think that you. it's just another form of hip hop. I mean, and, it's, and the message is no different. If anything, they're probably introducing more drugs, like different forms of drugs into the music more than ever. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I think it won't be any no, no more big of a difference than it, it had on us. Okay. So you said that, like, parents still need to parent their child, right? Yeah, they do. So that's another thing within our community is that um, we kind of have had this, 
I don't know, direction when it comes to like talking to kids mm-hmm. about, you know, growth or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like you need to play sports, like especially our young boys. Like they mm-hmm. play basketball, they play football, they play baseball, whatever sports. And then it's like, OK, either you're going to go to school because you're going to play football or you want to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, you don't do either one of those, then you're going to jail. Mm-hmm. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's, it's kind of like we don't give them very many options. Mm-hmm. Do y'all feel like there's an in-between that we should be giving them? Or that, like, you know, what are your thoughts on that type of guidance when you tell kids stuff like that? Like, play sports, be a doctor. Go ahead, Justin. Um, I'm not a fan of... Uh, I guess parenting your child in one direction, like you know, too much academics or too much sports. I'm not a fan of that. I think kids, um, like I've stated before, humans. Period. We are multifaceted. I think that while your child is young, you need to be introducing them to as many things possible. If it's a you know, if it's a guy, I like the sports idea, but also find educational programs as well. Mm. Um, I think mm. it's how you do it. It's like I feel like. I had an aunt who was a part of the educational system and like she made learning fun for us. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, she would take us to all these, you know, crazy events or like, you know, take us to the park, but she would talk to us as an adult, but then incorporate like some learning tools. Like, you know, Mm. can you read this sign? Like, what does this sign mean to you? Just something as simple Mm -hmm. as that, just to broaden your child's perspective or your, your voice, your, your child's point of view, but then also practicing, the sports, you know, mm. I played baseball, I played basketball, I played, you know, I played everything, but, you know, I also want to play soccer and I wanted to play tennis, but because it wasn't a part of my culture or my neighborhood, I wasn't, I was unable to do so, you right. know, or because my mom didn't want to drive all the way on the south side of town, you know, for me to take swimming lessons or for me to take, uh, you know, play tennis, I was una- unable to do so, but I like the I, I like when parents have their child in everything like sports and they're in educational programs and they're in I think 4H is a really good program to this day. I was in 4H too. I think because it teaches you about agriculture, it helps you focus on like a hobby mm-hmm. and you obviously have to make certain grades to stay a part of the organization. So I think that's a great organization along with the sports because I mean I feel like life lessons along with academics and sports can, I think, is a good combination to bring up a child. Mm -hmm. But this is the problem, Justin. Your ideas, and I was a part of all of that, but they're great in theory. Mm -hmm. But if you have a parent who culturally has only seen a certain small snippet of Uh the world... That's all that they can give their child unless they introduce some sort of mentor Mm -hmm. into their life, which is why I'm like huge on that, because I feel like if you have an example of somebody who like, let's say I I had I didn't even know that people did graphic design. Like, Mm -hmm. I I mean, I knew people did it, but like I didn't know that that was something you could like really do as a career. Mm -hmm. If I would have known that in college or like even young like as in middle school, maybe I would have taken that direction. So it's all about like that parent already being exposed to those things. But if yeah, you- but also the child sees a lot of things as well. Like I was a child who observed a lot and saw a lot. And my mom, I mean, 
I think I've talked about it on the show. Like she, she was a single parent mother, and I was raised by my grandmother. Like mm-hmm. I was the first one to graduate college, so I went through a lot, and I saw a lot in school. And I came mm-hmm. back home, and I'm like, I want to do this, but they did not listen. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I only was able to do what, what was a block from the street, and That's I felt what I'm like saying. a lot of people. But I'm not saying that I, I'm saying that the child can still experience more at school. So the parent needs to listen to the child whenever they come back home. Mm, you know okay, what I'm saying? Yeah, like, you oh, okay. So you may not have an idea of what it is, but if the child, child speaks can of something, you. your yeah. child can expose you. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what it was for me. Um, just as something as simple as joining a club, you know, you have to campaign in school. You know, I didn't know what that was. I was going home making my own damn signs. My mama wasn't helping me. You right. know, it's just like little things that a parent can do to show that support because that support goes a long way or just, you know, just something to uh, like, I guess, um, acknowledge what their vision or their whatever. Yeah. They are their interests. Correct. And I, oh, just really quick. I think that. Once again, I think in theory it's great, and I was raised like that. But some parents, like the black community, I think they look at children as like they're just supposed to listen. Like mm-hmm. your your child isn't supposed to tell you what they want. You tell them what you want them to do. And yeah. that I mean, I've experienced yeah, I've experienced that. Like I think that's a cultural thing. I think that like you're not supposed to talk back to your parents. <laughs> right. You're yeah. not supposed to, you know, beg and plead when they say no. You Once no means no. no. Yeah, no means no. Yeah. That's it. Like you don't ask no more. There ain't no oh mom, blah blah no. Like no. there's none of that. So I think that, that that goes into the black culture. And I do that's something that I really, really wish parent like i'm gonna change that for my my children like be respectful but also like you can plead your case because that's realistic like there are things that i'm not gonna know as an adult Mm -hmm. you know i'm not plugged into that particular uh i I, I don't know why i want to say genre but that particular lifestyle like i'm grown right you're in school you've seen these people so you can tell me more so it's i think that is cultural and and for me it all goes back to I agree with you, Cara. Mm. And so because I agree with you, I think that as adults in our community, these parents that are a lot of them, like I said earlier, are now millennials. They're not exposed to those things because of the things that they continue to expose themselves to. Mm -hmm. Like you limit yourself to the Jordans and you limit yourself to the whatever and you limit yourself to this type of music and you limit yourself to watching this type of TV. So you won't know those things. And it's not like you can't expose yourself to different types of TV or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it, it's what has been embedded in you as this, that is what you're supposed to listen to Mm -hmm. or that is what you're supposed to be interested in. And when one person goes out of that, then it's like, Girl, you acting white. Oh, no. Yeah. You're not acting white. Yeah. <laughs> How is, the, you know, like, why is what you watch or what you listen to acting white, quote unquote? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Or why is it acting black that you listen to whatever? Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying is this, like, we tell our kids, you know, you can play this sport, whatever, um, or be a doctor or be a lawyer. It's like we we are only limiting them to these certain careers and half of the parents don't know what it takes to get into those careers. Yeah, like, I was, yeah, I was definitely limited. It yeah, was, yeah I was be too. a doctor. Yeah. I was supposed to be a lawyer, and it was like <laughs> when I when I went to school and I said I didn't want to be a lawyer. My dad did not understand. He was like, "What? 
Yeah. You're going to major in psychology. Like, why would you, you know what I'm saying? Like, why would you be doing that? People Mm -hmm. kept saying to me, he didn't say this to me, but other people would say to me, you want to read people's minds? That's not what psychology is. They don't know. They don't know. Listen, which is why, especially if the parent is limited in terms of funds, um, if they like, you know, if it's like a, if, if it's a real structured, uh, you know, household where they have to work, put your kids into organizations at school because yes. I was, listen, I was in the hood, but I was a dreamer. Like I had an imagination, mm-hmm. y'all, like out this world, an imagination out this world. And it was because of these organizations that I was in as simple as 4-H and a lot of people like. We, 4-H wasn't the popular club, but 4-H, I learned a lot about agriculture. I learned a lot about, like, the world. Mm-hmm. And it's just, whether it, it boys and girls club, like, Girl Scouts, put your Girl child, Scout. Boy Scouts, put your children in organizations so their mind can be stimulated along with these these sports activities. Because right. trust me, somebody is going to inspire your child. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And don't. And you never know. And who, you never know who it is. And and how they inspire. It's the smallest thing. It's the smallest things. And I've I, and with 4-H, I mean, this lady who inspired me, she was like, the country is probably southern white woman in Louisiana. But when I tell you, our conversations took my mind elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And I dreamed from just having those conversations. So... Don't limit your child just because of your life. Like, yeah, you listen to trap music, but your trap your child can be a trap music listening kid who is in 4-H who plays sports and can be well-rounded. Yes, yeah, right. You know what exactly. I'm saying? For sure. Exactly. So, and it's like sports are, you know, good for your kids to be in because they learn a lot. Like, you learn discipline. You, know, you learn all types of things learn, in sports. Yeah. It's just unfortunate that, like, we drill things like sports or, like, be a rapper or whatever, and it's like, Everybody not gonna be a rapper. You're just not gonna make it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, but you can be an engineer. You can be a producer. You can be a writer. You can be a writer. Like, it's so many other things outside of just being the rappers. And those are some of the people that really make a lot of the money. Right. You know what I'm saying? Especially like, you can at be a, a very music young exec. person. Yeah, exactly. especially yeah, young people too. Exactly. Or like with sports. Like, you know, I went to school with so many guys that play sports, <laughs> and like they chased the dream and just did not make it. Like, Listen. unfortunately, everybody's not gonna can make we, it to the NFL. The can we just talk about that? So low. Can we talk so about low. that? Yeah. Let's let's talk about that. I mean, seriously. Seriously, I think I saw something where this man like basically broke it down of how many kids go every year and sign up for the peewee football, right? They play Pop Warner. And then he broke it down to how many of them actually make it to the varsity team in high school. And then how many of those people, the percentages kept getting lower that make it to college. And then after college, make it to the NFL, like it's 20% of those people are not going to, I mean, 20% of those people that play Pop Warner are going to go to the NFL. 20% yeah. of millions of little boys that play football. <laughs> and the team only be like 10 kids. So it's only two kids. Correct. <laughs> That's making it. <laughs> That's but you push it, you drilling it, and it's like, it's okay to play sports. However, don't make your child feel like that's it. That's all yes, they got. Let your child be versed, well versed. Well versed. Like, you if know, they don't they make have it. something to fall back on. Yeah. Exactly. Because, Isn't, oh. It, I mean, it's a confidence thing, too. Like, if, if they don't have football or they don't have basketball, they feel like they have nothing else because that's all they knew their whole life. They thought that that was going to be it. And then they get grown. They don't know what they do with their life. And the crazy what? part about it is you have a small window to train your kid to be well-versed in certain areas because then when the adolescent stage hit, to me, 
starts to creep in. Yeah. Then that laziness starts to creep in, and they thinking that they're grown. So it's going to be harder to teach them. I say, look, while your kids are young, keep them moving, because that brain is equipped for all of the movement and all the learning that's going on. Right. So, so what about? And this may be a different conversation. Just, just ask it. What about if you see you're a parent and you're very attentive, and you see that your child just academically ain't gonna make it? They're just not gonna make it. But they're great in sports. Well, I think, well, like great in sports, but then academically it's not going to make it. Yeah, academically. I don't see how you can see that if you if they haven't done like serious tutoring. I've seen some academically challenged kids growing up myself and through consistent tutoring became like, you know, an average student. Yeah, but as a as a as coming from that parent who didn't do well in school themselves, mm-hmm. who you know is not well versed themselves, mm-hmm. they they're they they're not a dreamer. They're just they're in their box of whatever small town that they live in. Yeah, that's the only motivation that their child has. And I'm not saying it's not right. I'm yeah. not saying it's right, but it may be just like survival, like. That a lot of those kids that do make it to the league that come from towns like that, everybody in that town is writing for them because they're like the golden child of that town because nobody, because they knew like academically they weren't going to make it football or basketball or whatever is all they have. So, so to some extent, I don't think it's right, but it's like, what else? What else are they, right? What else are they going to do? It's either that or they like end up. Not that there's anything working bad with working retail, but like that's I what they end up doing. I think circumstances for the rest of their life. definitely plays a role. Like some people are just dealt that type of life, which I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that that is a bad thing. But if I was raising a child, I would not. I don't care if my child just love ice skating. I don't care if that's what they say, Daddy. All I want to do is just ice skate. Mm-hmm. I'm still <laughs> going to put them in other areas yeah. just so they can because they. So that's what I'm speaking from. I'm speaking from a point of view of like, if I have this newborn child, what would Justin do? What and would I don't you have any. Do? Right. And what I would have... all of us do? Correct. We will yeah. all do the things you're saying. Right. I'm speaking from someone who's not like mentally in our position, like financially in our position. That's come like for my hometown. I mean, I'm sure you have mm-hmm. the same thing. Yeah. Like I'm from a really small town. Like some of those folks literally will never leave. And that's like they perpetuate that that same story. Well, what I see with that is, and I don't want this to come off wrong, but I see that as kind of like setting them up for failure. Mm -hmm. Because if you see that your child is struggling academically, then that means that they probably have some behavioral issues as well. Mm -hmm. So you send them the route of play football, play basketball, play whatever, and then they make it to whatever level, they are going to have some major problems. There are a lot of football players and basketball players that make stupid decisions because academically and behaviorally, they were never corrected. For, so yeah. then they get to this high level of um, status mm-hmm. and they really can't handle it. You know what I'm saying? Like I can name some, but that would be a waste of time naming them. But 
you know, like they make stupid decisions. They lose money. That's yeah. why you find like 30 for 30, all these people, they get on there and they're completely broke after yeah. making millions of dollars. So I, I completely understand the question. I just think like as a parent, if if you see that your child is struggling academically, then you need to reach out to the, the school and be open-minded to what the school says. Y'all know I work in the, I've worked in the school system, so... You know, I've seen parents that completely neglect the check, the fact that their child has issues like behaviorally right. and academically. And you're just going to let it keep going, which is going to perpetuate the behavior that they have. And then where are they really going to end up? Like what kind of lifestyle is they really going to end up in? So in, in your experience, is it is it cultural as far as like the parent like ignoring the children, because I know that's what we're talking about, mm-hmm. like perpetuating black stereotypes and cultural stereotypes. Like, is it, in your opinion, the parent like completely ignoring the child? Is that cultural? Is that situational? Is that like based on um, lack of financial stability? Like, what is, is it money wise? I don't like, think what it's is cultural. It? it is economically, economically, economically coming through. It's economically, situationally cultural. Does that make sense? Like I tried to tie that into somewhat. Okay, so so from my experience, I can and I can put it in percentages. I have seen about sixty percent of economically struggling families in hard neighborhoods that are black not want to listen to what the schools are offering and about 55 percent of the hispanic families it's the same way really? they don't want to listen to what the school is saying either. and that's based on them being economically disadvantaged correct mm. and situationally living in hard places and then the culture lastly because i've worked with white families that have been economically challenged in hard neighborhoods and their culture is obviously white and about 20% of them will not listen. So you're, Mm. you're going to get a percentage of families that don't listen, but but it is a higher percentage for people of color that do not listen. And it's not like the schools are always coming from a bad place. Like, a lot of these schools are really, really trying to help. Yeah, of course. So, you know, and it it's for whatever reason. One, we don't like people in our in our business. And it's the same thing with Hispanic families. They don't like to have people in their business really? either. So, the, really? yeah. So, it just is what it is. My whole thing is, like, bruh, like, just if you want to stay, like, stagnant and dumb, you do that. But allow somebody else to come in and help your child. That's my whole thing. Exactly. Like you can you can live your life the however the fuck you want to live your life, but don't limit little Johnny or little Nikki because they want you know they <laughs> want to play. Funny, but no, it's not funny, but that's the Johnny truth. Is- like that's the truth. I know yeah. I have family members, bro, and it you know, and you have to tread lightly with family. You know what I'm saying? I have like some c- little cousins, and everything is like, oh, we going to the park. We going to the park because they got a game going on. I'm like. This child that was in school from seven in the morning till about three, four o'clock in the afternoon. They go on, they go on a, a basketball practice or baseball practice. 
who's going to, what kind what of, app, homework where, where the homework at? You understand <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And then on Saturdays and Sundays, the Sundays they got to go to church. On Saturdays, they have a tournament. So I'm like, where's the fucking balance? And I'll be one to step in so bad. But they want to call me whenever the damage is done. Mm-hmm. Oh, Justin, have a conversation with this one. I'm talking to a grown fucking person. Right. You understand right. what I'm saying? Right. So it's just like, bro, if you want to be stagnant and dumb, you do that. But let your educational cousin or sister or brother help in a little bit. That I, Get that child book to read or something. I completely agree with that. That's like, shit is so annoying. If you annoying. want to live your life like that and you want to stay stagnant, okay, but give your child a, a chance. chance. Exactly. Yeah. So burn me up. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna ask another question about mm-hmm. that, but we have to move on. Okay, because it's long. It is. So, in speaking about you know these sports and these careers that our kids could or cannot have, um, it obviously you know goes somewhere with college, right? Or yes. they may go to college, they may not. Which is a big topic for some black families because we have the amazing historically black colleges and universities (laughs) (laughs) that children have the option to go to. Mm. And then we also have uh, the wonderful predominantly white institutions that (laughs) they have the opportunity to attend. What has been your experience positive and or negative when it comes to speaking about HBCUs versus attending a PWI. So having that a different world experience or Mm -hmm. dear white people experience, because either way it goes, you're going to experience some hardships in college. Mm -hmm. I, when I was looking to go to college, um, my family specifically told me not to go to an HBCU because you don't need to be around all them black folks, essentially is what was told to me. And that the caliber of the education was was subpar. I mean, it's mm. I know a lot of older black people that believe that. And most of them, in retrospect, now looking back on it, they didn't even go to college. Exactly. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> like, you trying to tell me not to go to this HBCU, you don't even have a degree. Like, literally, they told me. You didn't me, sign up for yeah. freshman the first semester. Right. So. Like, <laughs> and so whenever, so I went to a PWI for undergrad, but then when I decided to go to law school, I got into several schools, but I wanted to go to an HBCU to get that experience. Nice. Even though the law school wasn't. It was half and half, but I was still on Southern's, Southern, Southern's yeah. campus, yeah. like going to Southern's events, being around a lot of young black people. Right. But like, yeah, it was, it was, there are negative connotations to it. So, okay. So there are negative yeah. connotations. And even now, like when I tell people like, oh, I went to school in Baton Rouge, they immediately say, oh, you went to LSU? I'm like, no, no, I went to Southern. Like. It, it there is still I have looked for other like other jobs before I started working at my current job I was looking at other law firms mm-hmm. and they were saying like nah we don't really take Southern seriously wow and I mean that's a that's like a real thing like it's not just black people it's black I mean not only is it white people or non or non black people but it's also black people that look down on HBCUs right yeah. And 
I am a proud graduate <laughs> of the Prairie View A&M University, as well as a graduate from Clark Atlanta University's Master's of Social Work mm-hmm. program. So it is a little frustrating for me to hear the negative connotations when it comes to HBCUs because I feel like the only reason... Mm, let, let me not limit and say the only reason because I think that that is a strong word when you use only. Mm-hmm. A lot of the reasons that we are at these people's schools now is because they allowed our football players and our basketball players to come into their schools and dominate their sports teams. Most mm-hmm. definitely. So then they had to start letting the women come into their schools and join their programs. But initially, they did not want us on their campuses. So our four founders <laughs> um, were able to open up universities for us, by us. And it hardens my heart <laughs> <laughs> that people say things negatively about HBCUs when we still produce some of the greatest people in industries mm-hmm. from our schools. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Oprah went to Tennessee State University. Yeah. So for Oh, you she to, did? Absolutely. I didn't know that. Hmm, um, PWI. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I'm just I'm just that's not true. <laughs> no, I, so that hurts. You know the episode well you you see the uh the commercials where they see like, you know, you're a little prep whenever you go to your first go to college and then when you go to HBCU you you're get woke. woke. Right. That's how I was. That was me. That yeah, was my me life. Too. And prior to me going to college, I was just honestly, I was the first person to really go to college, honestly. So it's just a matter of like where you wanna go. Oh, you got these acceptance letters. Okay, so choose where you wanna go. Right. So I just chose um I wanted this to be around home, so I just drove an hour away. And then my grandfather was dating this lady who worked at my college. <laughs> the fact that your granddad was dating <laughs> <is> <laughs> so funny. They, their relationship was so cute, by the way. But anyways. And you got the hookup. Yeah, I got the hookup. She put me in the nice dorms. Well, I didn't get in the nice dorms, but <laughs> nah. it was too late. No, nah, but that was that's how I chose college, honestly. Right. Um, but I'm glad I did. Um, so I was saying this to say, like, I felt like either, like, had I gone to a PWI, I my wokeness probably would have come later. So I probably would have fallen into those students that probably, quote-unquote, look down on HBCUs. Mm-hmm. But I think going to HBCUs slightly saved me, if that yeah. makes sense, you know? I mean, it definitely, yeah. So I don't know if it's like the intent is... You get, you, know you gain a very strong sense yes. of pride and in self, yes. being black. Yes. You definitely, definitely do on an HBCU campus. Like, Is there a problem with going to a PWI? No. no. Can you still experience that when you go to those other schools? Yeah. Sure. Can I speak can I speak to that though? Cause y'all trying to like play me on the cool. No, no, not at all. no, 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 no. Not, not personally. No, I don't think y'all personally trying to play me on the cool. But I'm just we saying get y'all played a lot play. for going to HBCUs and it's like how how can we not celebrate a college that's for us? Is it was different. It was ne- and I agree with you. I think the experience Experience is different, but I will. I personally never look down on HBCUs. I'm probably gonna get butchered for this, but I did feel like the classes at my school were harder. How would you know? 
Because I took some um, some <laughs> class. So wait, so wait, wait, wait. You said, <laughs> you said HBCUs are easier than PWI. Some of the classes are, I believe that. What yes. did you say? Spanish one hundred and one. No remedial courses. Because no. you're right, they will be easier. <laughs> no, I didn't take no remedial. Don't try. Class. <laughs> Don't try. So I said I would get butchered for that. But no, like on a PWI campus, there's a smaller percentage of black people. So like we were very much like a small, like a family. Yeah, family. So we were really, really close. I mean, everybody wasn't like friends, but we all like yeah. stuck together. It's like they're white people. Y'all seen it yet? I haven't y'all seen yeah. it yet. I mean, it's a small, pre- they're on a PWI yeah. can- campus. It's a small group of them. So they pretty much all come together. It's different groups. Well, they still all come together and that's have the same. But I actually yeah. admire that because most of my friends went to PWI. Like my childhood friends, they went to PWI universities. And like their experience among students, like African-American students, they were a close group. Like mm-hmm. everyone yeah. hung around with everyone. At a HBCU, it's like everyone was cliquish. And you hung around with your clique until you graduated. And that was it. And right. That, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like think about it. Like you, well, I never... You know, I know. I, me personally, I can only speak from my experience in Southern University. A and M College is a wonderful university. However, we had some bougie motherfuckers. Yeah, like it I was mean, definitely clickish. So it definitely when was. I would go back home to visit them, like my friends that went to UL, like it's like the love that they had, or like it was just like I can tell that. That's all like they had to hang around with each other because their relationships were so strong. And now when I see people that I went to college with, I don't care where I'm at or like what I'm doing. I literally get emotional because really like I went to my um, my line sister's wedding in November and I saw a lot of just the people that I and, and they weren't even like my friends per se. Like they weren't a part of my crew, but like we just went to school together. We would all be in like the same circle. Yeah. And I got emotional because I'm like, wow, like this is beautiful. Like I, <laughs> I see and because it's such a small like anybody that's black that went to Mercer. I know who they are. Yeah. That that was in, in school when I was there. I know who they are. Like. I, if I see them, I will help them. If I if they need anything, I will help them. Like, it's very close-knit. And, and that's the thing about going to HBCU, though, is that when I met Justin, <laughs> we talked for, like, 30 minutes talking noise about <laughs> our schools. But it was love because, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, right. it's HBCU. Right. Like, you can go anywhere in the United States, anywhere in the world, and you can meet somebody that went to HBCU. They went to Jackson. They went to Southern. They went to Graham. They went to PV. They went to Morehouse, Norfolk. They went Clark, to Howard. Yeah. Wherever. You can see these people anywhere, and you're going to connect with them because you went to an HBCU. And because you, some of y'all probably had the same experiences. So it's like, it's. I get what you're saying about going to the PWI, but it's like as an HBCU family, it's like we're all family, period. Like our connection. Mm-hmm. And, and we talk noise. Like I some dude, I was at Chick-fil-A on yesterday and my plates. I have my PV plates on my on the back of my car. And he like was flashing me down. And I'm like, dang, is something hanging out my window? <laughs> And he was like, uh, I see you went to PV. I went to Southern. I just wanted to let you know I'm sorry for you. And I was like, what? <laughs> so we sat yeah. there and like literally talked noise across the windows. But it was like all love because of, mm-hmm. you know, that connection, whatever. So I just think that people it, need to keep an open mind. When I went to Prairie View, it was simply because I had been in 
a core style band my whole life and I wanted to go to a black band. I just wanted to experience it. I didn't know what it was like. I wanted to dance. I can't dance a lick, but <laughs> I wanted to see what it was like and it was a lot of fun. So and you made the cut. I made the cut. <laughs> barely. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. No, for real, barely. I quit like five times. Um, but I mean, you know, it was just a, a, it was a good time. It was a good experience and I, I obviously, when I graduated from Prairie View, ended up getting the same job as a girl that went to Texas Women University, a girl that went to Baylor, a girl that went to Arizona State, and a girl that went to UT. And let me tell you, we all got paid the same amount of money working in that call center. <laughs> that was all of our first job coming out of college. So it's like, you know, I understand it. The man has tried to make everybody think that our schools are not worthy, but they are in... A PWI student may not even admit to it, but there is a little like, huh, I went to LSU and you go to Southern University. Correct. You know, I went to U of H and you went to PV. You right. Know? I, I can see it. No, Why are y'all looking at me like that? I mean, you I'm went to PWI. You, I went to both. Let's be clear. First of all, let's be clear. Okay. I did both. No, but I, to some extent, academically, yes. But I did academically. There was some snootiness. But as far as like the partying, I envied HBCUs. I felt like there was like there's nothing like an HBCU homecoming. Mercer homecoming is not nothing like anything. Nothing like Southern's is like that was the first I had really experienced. I mean, I went to Fort Valley. Do y'all know Fort Valley State? It's mm -hmm. in Georgia. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They were like 45 minutes. My best friend went there. Mm -hmm. um, so we used to be there all the time. But like mm -hmm. their homecoming, it was like nothing that I had ever experienced before. Yeah. Their their probates were completely different than ours. Yeah. Like I envied that part for sure because you did feel a sort of um, community, like a family type thing. Well, so you went to uh, HBCU for um, law school. Law school. So maybe you can't attest, but I was just going to ask the question like, well, do you feel like you did better than people that went to HBCUs? Like, because you said academically, there was a little bit of a studiness. So Yeah. Um, you mean, did I, did I feel like I did better in law school or just in general? No, in general. Like, did you work after undergrad or did you go straight to law school? I worked. Well, I, I, I traveled and then I worked. So better than no, not necessarily. In law school, though, I did like beast. I beasted in law school, but like I don't know if that necessarily had anything to do with like uh, people going to HBCUs yeah. versus like I don't know if that's but. Um, as far as my first job out of college, no, I worked at Geico. Like anybody could have worked at Geico. <laughs> I mean, I that's that's some of the point that I'm trying to make. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. that like, hey guys. You just really have to work hard after college, period. Yeah. For the majority of America. Yeah. Like, you're just going to have to work hard after college. And, you know, regardless of if you went to whatever school, you're just going to have to bust your ass. For sure. Yeah. I read a post. Like, someone, I think the caption was like, um, you would never think that all that worrying about your GPA, like some about your GPA really didn't matter when you <laughs> right. get to the real world. Right. Outside of like, you know, STEM programs, like, you know, STEM, like medicine and engineering and shit like that, where your GPA does matter. Right. But, you know, in the real world, like, shit, you, we all trying to, is whoever has the best fucking interview. Correct. Because <laughs> all they Correct. see is for your degree. Correct. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I see, I see its pros and cons. I definitely visually see the, I mean, 
I can a PWI can explain their case until they're blue in the face, but I would <laughs> never trade my HBCU experience only because it's like it's like having your mama and your daddy and your aunties around you all, all the, the time. time. And yeah. they're the ones the ones who are educating you and they're the ones who Cookie. are like grooming <laughs> you and like just preparing you for the world. Yeah. And I think that's just what it is. I mean, so I will tell you this though, that calf at Southern Nigga, fried Excellent. chicken red on, beans Fridays? on Fridays. We had and fried, fried fish on Fridays. Yeah. No, wait, no. Red beans and red beans and fried chicken was on Mondays. Mondays, but fried, fried we had fish on, on Fridays. Yep. With mac and cheese, it was. See, that's probably all over. So, really, yeah. HBCU I'm pretty all sure over. it is. Good. <laughs> Just take me back. But well, to wrap up, I like, would wild out. Yeah, I would have a good time. <laughs> well, like preview has halfway. I ain't even going to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> but to wrap up, basically, you know, we're just talking about stereotypes or whatever about um, the black, black culture. And I would just like people to break out of those. And while I was in Atlanta, I had a conversation with Ty. He was so cool. He, like, literally sat down with my, me and my friend and had a conversation with us, my friend and I, mm-hmm. and had a conversation with us. Ty Tucker? Yeah. Okay. Um for about 20 30 minutes and he basically was just saying like instead of us thinking about what we want to be like instead of us telling our kids what what do you want to be when you grow up ask them questions like what type of lifestyle do you want to live because then that will come on that will open up okay if this is the type of lifestyle you want to live what career path can you go through to get to that type of lifestyle right um and then it's like also step outside of the box Mm -hmm. like these boxes that they put us in or these boxes that we have been put in um think outside of that and then once you start thinking outside of that progress yourself in a way that no one can take your talent away from you like they feel like you are the most valuable person in the room and it's like the way you do that is you study yourself you study the person that you're working with you study the companies that you're working with and you make sure that you are the best Mm -hmm. and that they see that you're the best so I think that's to me that's basically the the point of it is that we talked about being or having black privilege okay so if we're still gonna listen to these things we're still gonna wear these things we're still gonna do all of these things okay fine but let's be the best let's think outside of the boxes that we've been put in let's not just ask our ourselves what do you want to do but ask ourselves what type of lives we want to live so that we can have more than what we have had as not only personal families but as a culture period mm-hmm. right i think that is perfect way to put it i i, I like that yeah. you preached the word <laughs> <laughs> So y'all definitely follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, Snapchat, Snapchat, and go visit our website at www.millennialove3.com. Please follow us on Twitter. All of our Instagrams, all of our social media outlets are uh, consistent as Millennial Love, Millennial L-O-V-3. And yeah, please check us out. Yep. So I'm a little bit dead. <laughs> Why? Because I'm tired. But w- I have a little question. <laughs> that was probably the worst segue. Oh, ever. <laughs> 
So I had um, recently one of my friends um, told me that his parents have been married for about 30 years. And his his dad was previously married and had a child. This is way before he was even thought about. And so um, his parents, like I said, had been married for 30 years and his dad's ex-wife passed away. And he wanted to go to the funeral. The dad. The dad wanted to go to the funeral. So my question for you is to kind of put it in millennial terms. So you're both both <laughs> of y'all. Y'all are in a relationship with somebody. Y'all have been together for about two to three years. So it's pretty serious. But y'all aren't, you aren't at marriage stage. Your ex has an ex who passes away and they were previously engaged. Would you feel some type of way if they went to the funeral? That's question one. Question two, would you go to the funeral with them? And question three, <laughs> if it were you. Will you knock the casket over? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no. I'm just joking. Would you feel some type of way if your significant other was emotional about that person's death? I would definitely. Um, I wouldn't feel a type of way about that. Um, about them about being them sad. About them being sad. No, because there's a loss. Um, um, it's a hard one, ain't it? <laughs> it's, it's definitely a hard one, but I feel like you know it's definitely a situation where you know, you, I don't think it's a time to be selfish because especially if you care for that person, um, you definitely want to make sure. For me, I, I want to make sure that they're okay. I can at least put my feelings and emotions aside. Um, so I wouldn't feel a way about it. Um, I would definitely go to the funeral. Um, I wouldn't allow them to go by themselves. Okay. I would definitely go to the funeral um, only because, like, you know, it's just, it is what it is. Like, we are one. Fuck it. We all going to that funeral. You know? <laughs> and then, what's your third question? The first question was, would you feel some type of way about them I going to the funeral? I wouldn't. I wouldn't feel some type of way. But I would definitely go to the funeral. But I okay. forgot your third. You had a third question. You answered it first. Okay. Would you feel some type of way if they were emotional? About the death. Nah. I really would. I feel like you are being so PC right now. You think so? No. Me too, I just have listen. I don't like honestly, I trip over little things. When when major things happen, I'm pretty like leveled for some odd reason. I'm able to like really rationalize the situation and get my you know, I need to be there for that person. Okay. Now sorry. if it was like a recent ex. Okay, let's you know, it, like it's, well, it's let, different. Let's you let know? Michelle or okay, Mish, go. Yeah, I keep go. cut that out. Let's let Mish answer. Okay. Okay. So listen, <laughs> Patty. No, y'all know, yeah, y'all know that there is an extreme overanalyzation part of Michelle, <laughs> and I can be petty. So the first part of me is like. What you want to go to the funeral for? <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> but she did, though. <laughs> exactly. She ain't coming back. 
That's the petty part. <laughs> then I probably get over it and be like, okay, you want to go to the funeral? Um, but then the overanalyzation that I'm thinking about right now is like, okay, do we live in Texas? And did she live in Texas? Is a funeral going to be in Michigan? Because why do you need to get a ticket to go to Michigan to see your ex? funeral like i mean that's just doing too much like you can send a flower <laughs> and yeah, let family know that definitely. you you know send your condolences or you know if you still hit a brother up on facebook and say i'm sorry bro you know what i'm saying i just feel like what are the circumstances behind all of this because i would have questions now if we were both in texas and a fume was not the, the fume. <laughs> the fume. Please don't say the that. The fume. <laughs> That's how I say funeral. Look. <laughs> I'm dead. Literally. If we lived in Texas and the fume was also in Texas, um, oh and God. you wanted to go to the wake, I would go with you. But I don't go to funerals, period. So that's not something I could accompany accompany someone to um, for. And I, I don't want to use the word trivial. But someone like that in their life. Now, if their mother passed away, of course, I would go to that funeral with you. But I'm not comfortable at funerals myself. So I can't go to the funeral. But if you want to go to the wake and we live in Dallas and it's in Mesquite, we can go to Mesquite and go to the funeral. Like, that's fine. But I mean, go to the wake. But I'm not going to the funeral. I don't do funerals. So for me, it's a hard one because initially... I'm sorry. Go ahead. You asked if I would feel some type of way. If they about, were sad. I don't think I would feel some type of way about them being sad. I think everybody's entitled to their feelings. So if you're sad, it's because somebody that was once in your life died. And that's a big emotion to deal with. So I don't think I would feel no type of way about you being sad. It's just all of the hoopla trying to get there, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if he was like, bae. I think I want to go to the funeral. Then your next question would be, where the funeral at? Mm-hmm. I think that's valid. And so if you said if that, that the hap- funeral was in... Somewhat valid. L.A. And we live in North Carolina. You really about to buy a ticket from but, North Carolina so, to go to L.A. for your ex? We're engaged, but, okay, and you have so, not been with them in <laughs> four and a half but years? This is, when, this is when it's like... At what point, when does all the questioning stop? You understand what I'm saying? If I tell you I want to go to the wedding, I mean, the funeral, sometimes you just got to just be there to support, you know? And this is death. You know, this is not like, oh, it's her 50th party. Yeah, 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 you know what I'm saying? This yeah, yeah. is like She dead. Like, there's She's no... De- de- she dead. There's no reason for you to even be trying to figure the shit out. I just want to go. So that's why I asked that question because I'm like, how would I feel if I wanted to go somewhere and someone would just like overlook the fact that the she fact did. no not overlook the fact that she's there the fact that I want to go, and then now you want to ask questions about well where the shit at so we can like calculate like is this too far or not? Well, you asked me to go with you, so we about to buy two tickets. She's not coming back. So we about to buy two tickets <laughs> from I, North Carolina to okay, LA. Okay, okay. She picked the, the, the furthest distance. <laughs> the furthest distance. The funeral Daddy. is in Thailand. And he's trying to go. Correct. You no. trying to go get the body? 
talking no. about. Are you trying about, to identify the body too? Like, come on, bro. Oh talking God. about I ain't no, crossing I, no I would be petty in the beginning. But my like boyfriend said, said the same thing because I, I, we, we texted about this and he was Dang. just like, in the beginning, it, my first mind would be, what you need to go for? Or like, why you sad? Like, y'all ain't together no more. No, but then he was like, man. then he, that he said initially, but he said he would not say that to me. He would internalize okay, yeah, that would, okay, okay. and then say whatever you want or, you know, like console me. But he said his initial thought would be petty. And I think mine probably it, would be too. Now, depending on who the ex is, because let's say it's somebody that I don't like. And this is so bad to say, but if it's somebody I don't like, I'm going to be petty in the beginning in my mind. Like, but is that fair to the person that you're in a relationship with? I said with? in my mind. Oh, in your mind. Okay. And then I would is say, it fair to go. you? What? The, is it fair to me? Yeah, but sometimes I don't think certain situations. I don't think every situation has to be fair to me. To all both the time. parties. Yeah, I feel I like agree if, with if, that. if if I feel like there's some if uh, within a marriage, and I'm definitely not married, but I feel like within a marriage, sometimes you just gotta ride with your partner. Like sometimes you just gotta. Probably no, why don't, I'm not don't, married now. No, I mean sometimes you just have to like pipe down, shut up, and just ride with the situation. Well, the thing everything is, doesn't have to be like. Oh, let me. I just want you to assure me that you for me. The bitch is dead. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh like, God. you know, because that's what it is. But, but, but that's but that's the thing about it, though, is that why can you not ask questions? Like that's that's my thing. You it's ask like questions all the time. Can't... Like it's every every situation is a question. You is a re, <laughs> I gotta reassure you that I'm with you. No, that's not a reassurance. Me asking you where is it. It's well. It's like you're trying to figure out if it's worth it or not. But the fact that I want to go should be enough. Because I just told you that. But if you if you're in a relationship with somebody and they say that they want to go to somebody party, I we can take funeral out of it because I just want you to just listen to what you're saying. No, if I know. If somebody says that they want to go to a, a party, right? You're not going to ask them, where is it? No. Okay, so here's the thing. Like, that's a valid question. But you're asking that with intent to see if it's worth you going But they don't know the premise going. behind my question. But that's what your question is about, though. Why would you? I mean, you can ask that question, but that wouldn't be the first question you ask if that was just what you wanted. But there is intent behind that question. So that's why I say... You don't have to do it, but I that's not the battle that I would choose to fight or even try to like but i'm not a petty person now i'm more of a shady person so when we get to that fear i'm gonna be like this what your future family would have looked like you know i mean you know i'm just, <laughs> I'm just <playing. laughs> you sure you want to be with her you should not just no i no i fully yeah i, I mean every uh, i'm sorry <sighs> I'm just, I'm sorry. It's just such a sticky subject because I think that. <laughs> it's hilarious to me because even at death, they still, still questioning yes. Well, no. I, no, that's a valid question. <laughs> if your auntie passed away and you say, okay, well, I think I want to go to the funeral, where is it? So here's the thing. It's two different premises for behind him, those questions. However, that is a valid question to if, ask I'm, somebody listen, if they I definitely say they want to go somewhere. Question is valid. I definitely think the question is valid. But my whole thing is, if this person is telling you that they want to go to the funeral, they have already thought about how you would feel about that statement or that question. You would hope that they would. You would hope. Yeah. If someone really cared about you, yeah. 
You would hope that they would have already thought about that. So it's, it's a matter of them respecting you enough to say like, hey, I think I want to go or I may want to go to the funeral. It's not to figure out if it's feasible or not. I want to go back to you saying um, kind of when you're in a relationship or when you're married, you have to pipe down or whatever. Yeah. Like, so I've, I've, this is probably getting really deep too, but no, I've talked fine. to a lot of married people just to kind of like, cause a lot of my friends are recently married. And so I'm thinking about taking that next step and I'm asking them like, what is marriage all about? Like, how do you maneuver all of that stuff? And there is a component of like, giving up some parts of yourself not in a negative way like mm. you don't lose who you are essentially but there are times when you have to put whatever you want to the back burner and in my opinion for something like this although initially I would be like what you need to go for what's why why I would I would try <laughs> now I can't say that I would, it would hurt you. fully you probably would to- <laughs> depending on who the ex was because if you over there crying I'm like nigga Dang, you don't even cry like, you don't even cry whenever I, you know like- so I would I would definitely try my hardest to put that to the back burn to put my feelings aside to put your feelings to the forefront but that would be the time that I would do it if somebody was dead. But other than the dead, <laughs> like if she just turning 30 and you trying to go slide through, no, nah, it's out. Partner, nah. it's I out. mean, I feel no threat in the situation at all. Yeah. Obviously, we go into a fume. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm just saying that I would have questions. But I mean, like you said, you know, people that are married, they, you know, those are the things that, those are the conversations. I just am a firm believer of, um, suppress things coming out one day yeah so i will yeah. hope that yeah all of these compromises do not one day turn into a boiling point of an argument because you have tried to hold on to everything like i said ain't nobody put a ring on my finger yet so obviously you know i ain't perfect but they weren't either anyways i'm just saying no, that I, no, I, I just wanted true. to be that clear that like yeah. No, I'm not saying compromise like every day, all day, because I feel like if you, Michelle wouldn't even, if Michelle really wanted to, Michelle wouldn't even be able to compromise all day, every day, because that's not within your nature. Right. So that's why I mean, like, realistically, like, if y'all were, uh, if y'all were like, I would assume, like, if y'all were a person to just, like, really, really compromise, then that's probably not some advice that I would, like, give to y'all. I, it would probably be like, well, how would you handle the situation? Or like, you know, how would you really, really feel about this situation? But y'all not. And I know that y'all are very expressive. So right. Yeah, I'm not just going to sit you down know, and you, shut You're up. not I'm just going to sit down and shut up. So that's why I'm like, at that particular yeah. time, sometimes you just got to ride with your mate and go into that fume. And <laughs> kept car- look, look, y'all be on the next flight back. And you that bet, same day. And, and you be quiet you the whole time. No I know me. I'll be quiet you, the whole yep, time. Yep, and put your hands in your lap and speak like this. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Bend your head. You don't nod, even say nothing. You don't even say nothing. You want something to eat? You just nod mm-hmm. your head up. Yeah. Yeah. Joe and Carl will put your ass in that sunken place. Nigga <laughs> 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 would be, yes, yes, ma'am. <laughs> 
Right. That's a really good question, though. Sad um, days. If y'all, if parishes. yeah, and sometimes people be taking pettiness like to a whole nother level. Like it's like petty is popular nowadays, but petty in my eyes will get you fucked up if you being petty <laughs> with me. Like for real. Like petty is cool, but don't be too petty because I'm quick to fight. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I really am. But and some people, petty, look, some people can really take petty. I can't take petty. Petty, well, I don't know. This is a whole nother set. It, is, it really is petty, a whole nother question. Petty to me is better than shady because petty is truthful. Shady is like not the truth, but you shady. No, so I, like, think, I think I think all of it is truth, but shade is more of a, like a riddle and a play with words and an underlining. So it's not fully saying what you mean, which in some way can be untruthful. All I'm saying is, y'all, y'all, y'all being petty with me. I, so, I just sometimes I don't talk. Sometimes I don't talk. I just swing. So I, of course not, y'all. But right, I, I, it's hard for me to deal with petty. It really is. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, we have clearly ran off course. Right. But all right, oh, y'all. Man. Thank y'all for listening to episode sixteen. That was nice. Bye, y'all. Uh huh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.